1: At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 3120.
2: On today's show, Tom Holland swoops in to save Spider-Man. We're asking the question, how strong is the force? And then on top of that, Robert Downey Jr. not included on Disney's Endgame Oscar campaign. What's up with that? Hello, everyone. I am your host, Perry Nemroff, and I am so excited to be joined by Jay and Vinny on today's show. We've got some great discussions ahead, but first, we've got to get to our call sheet, and the first item on today's list is this Tom Holland story. So, as we've discussed before, Sony and Disney did reach an agreement to keep Spider-Man in the MCU, and now THR is reporting that Tom Holland himself was actually instrumental in bringing both sides back to the negotiating table apparently using his starring role in Sony's upcoming Uncharted movie as leverage to convince Sony chair Tom Rothman to re-engage with Disney. Holland even reportedly reached out to Disney CEO Bob Iger as well and stressed how upset fans were over the split. Next up on our call sheet, we've got yet another exclusive on Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker from Empire Magazine, their November issue specifically. Here's what writer Chris Terrio said about the Two questions driving the film. One of them is a simple one, who is Rey, which is a question that people not only wonder about quite literally, but wonder about in the spiritual sense. How can Rey become the spiritual heir to the Jedi? We kept coming back to who is Rey, and how can we give the most satisfying answer to that, not only factually, because obviously people are interested in whether there's more to be learned of Rey's story, but more importantly, who is she as a character? How will she find the courage, and will the inner strength and power to carry on? On what she's inherited. The second one is how strong is the force? What is the force and how strong is the force? Those two things were really important. Next up on our call sheet today, this is an interesting story here. So during a Q&A with GQ UK, Matt Damon said that he was actually offered the role of Jake Sully in Avatar by James Cameron, who was also going to give him a hefty percentage of the film's profits. Damon then confirmed to GQ that he was going to be offered 10% of the gross of Avatar, which GQ then tallied up themselves to total $250 million. You could find the full quotes on this story on Collider.com. Now we're moving on over to a new trailer that dropped this morning. Warner Brothers just unveiled the trailer for Clint Eastwood's latest. Richard Jewell. The movie tells the true story of the title security guard who discovered the plot that resulted in the Centennial Olympic Park bombing in Atlanta. After the event, he was considered a prime suspect and painted as guilty until proven innocent by the media despite the fact that he helped victims. We're going to discuss our thoughts on this trailer later in today's show. Similarly, we're also going to discuss this next story. Disney officially launched its four-year consideration website for 2019 films, and Avengers Endgame is of course being pushed and in a whole bunch of categories those categories include best picture best director best adapted screenplay best cinematography best original score best film editing best production design best costume design best makeup and hairstyling best sound mixing best sound editing and best visual effects that's a lot right there but guess what's missing Robert Downey Jr., best actor is not on the list. We're going to discuss that very soon. But first, we've got to show you a little clip from Steve's interview with Bong Joon-ho, who, of course, is the director of Parasite. And here, he talks to Steve about his next project. Check it out.
0: I love your movies. I obviously cannot wait to see what you're going to do next. Can you share what you might be working on?
3: 지금 Parasite 이번에 하는 이 작업이 즐거웠기 때문에 계속 이런 사이즈, 영화의 스케일이나 이제 이런 사이즈를 계속 하고 싶은... 생각이란 말이죠. 그래서 영어랑 영어 영화, 한국 영화 다 하나씩 준비하고 있는데 에, 다 이런 페르소나이트 정도의 사이즈예요. 마더나 페르소나이트는 이제 한국 영화는 약간 공포 영화의 호러 영화에 좀 근접한 물론 이제 제가 만드는 거니까 장르적인 성격은 좀 이상하겠죠. 뭐 뒤섞여 있고 이상할 텐데 굳이 억지로 얘기하자면 약간 호러 장르 같은 느낌이 있는 한국어 영화를 준비하고 있고 영어 영화는 그 2016년에 제가 우연히 봤던 어떤 뉴스 실제 기사 cnn 어떤 기사의 바탕을 둔 어떤 그 작은 어떤 또 드라마예요. 사실적인
2: so I had a great time working on parasite so I want to work on uh films on the scale of parasite and and mother one in korean and one in english the korean project is uh kind of like a horror film of course it's my is you know i'm working on it so the genres will all be mixed Uh, but if you had to choose one genre it would be along the lines of horror and for the english project it began with a a news article i randomly came across on cnn in 2016 Um, it's a small realistic drama piece All right, guys, it's the time of the show. I get to introduce my panelists for the day. Jay and Vinny, welcome to the table.
4: Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. I don't know which camera I'm looking at. I'm looking at the Y one. Okay, there we go. I'm looking at my. <laughs> wow, well, we
2: haven't played that game in a while.
4: <laughs> which camera am I looking at right now? They're
5: filming this. No, I'm so I'm, <laughs> a, I'm so happy to be back. This is my second movie talk. I thought I would do one, and then they'd be like, "Wow, that's why they don't let them talk." That's, we, no, that makes sense. We've but got some uh, so
2: some lighter topics today, yeah. which is uh, which is always nice for a change. Oof. Okay. So like, let's get into like this first rich. one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well. A, like, the all right. Oscar, all right. The not Oscars. Topics? Well, I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> maybe, maybe some topics maybe we can put more positive business. spins on. I just want to mess
4: with you because of your allergies. That's all. Because I know it's bugging you. Like, my head's do he's congested.
2: worth it. He's worth it. I'm telling you. <laughs> my
1: belly, my head's congested. I can't
2: make straight. Just in case I sneeze, you guys have all been warned. All right. Topic number one today that we're going to discuss yeah. are those Star Wars quotes. So. We've got those two key questions which are, you know, who, who is Rey and also how powerful is the Force. So I want to focus on the Rey question first. What do you think is going to be the key to defining her? Because there are so many things that could be in play in Rise of Skywalker, and I know it could be a number of answers to this question, but if you could pick that one thing that is really going to put her into focus, is it going to be, you know, finding out more about her past and her parents? Is it going to be more about her relationship for the Force? What are you guys betting on?
4: For me, I'm betting on her past and parents because we have – to. the the excuse they used in The Last Jedi, your parents were nobody, feels like a throwaway. I feel like we need to discover that because this way we know how she connects with everything instead of just saying, here's a random player that now has the Force. Because we've been always introducing people that have some significance somehow, some way. So I think we need to know that more than anything else. I'm going to – Disagree completely. I'm gonna say
5: that. It was so so confusing. It was so confusing. (laughs) Because everything you were saying, I was like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I feel like with the Last Jedi, the thing it did so beautifully was set up this idea that the Force is for everyone. That's why I feel like we don't people don't focus enough on that last shot of the random kid who just like forces the broom to himself. I feel like that idea was really beautiful to me. The fact that you could just Come from a family of Junkers on a desert planet and uh, rise to become this very force, powerful person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like to be like, just kidding. Her, her dad is someone. Her mom is someone. Would, would would take away the message of the Last Jedi. And I and I know that when people read this quote, they're I mean, they're like, here we go. We're gonna learn about who Ray's parents are. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if that was the case because that's 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 JJ like in a nutshell. But I I think to me I don't know what I hope it is, but I I hope that's not, I hope that's what it isn't, because that takes away the power of what Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi.
2: I think I'm a little more in line with you on this one, Vinny. I have really taken to that idea that really anybody could use the Force, or anybody who has those innate abilities doesn't have to necessarily be tied to the Skywalker family. I'm not
4: saying tied to the family, I'm just saying tied in some way. To everything, yeah, the force can be for everyone, but there has to be some semblance of who she is. Yeah, well, the force is for everyone, but we know the Jedi are chosen and things like that. Where does she fall in line with all of this? Where do her parents fall in? Because again, she was just on a junk planet, you know, things like that. So it's like. Junk planet people can have the force too I I should, feel, I feel yeah like... <laughs> i should broaden my
2: descriptor there and not just to the skywalker family yeah. but maybe to force wielding characters okay. that mm. we've seen in the franchise before i like opening up the door to new possibilities and that is kind of what i think rise of skywalker is going to be about in general and i think you can do that with the character of ray without backtracking on what they established with her family because i'm kind of hoping that they really stand their ground with that and maybe surprise us with a new way to put that character into focus as far as how she feels fits into this whole picture. And I think it's gonna wind up being more so about her using what she's been taught by the legend, Luke Skywalker, and running with that. I think it's gonna be her taking the lessons she's learned, the things she's experienced, and her carving her own path to move forward because they're they're gonna wrap up the Skywalker trilogy. We know that, but they're gonna wrap it up and land, I think, in a new place.
4: All I know is no matter what happens, we will see probably at the last shot or next to last shot, Ray drinking unpasteurized blue milk. <laughs> just this, this gotta happen. Un-pasteurized straight from straight from the animal. Straight straight from it. Like she has to just go for it. Like Luke did it, so can I. Look, your guess, your face looks terrified because you don't want to see it.
2: No, it's not even terrified. It's almost conflicted because, like, I don't want to see it, but really weren't we already one step away from it? So yeah. I don't know. Who no, knows? I, like,
5: I wasn't thinking that that should be what makes person like a, a strong gender, <laughs> but maybe that is that is what it should be. I don't know.
2: <laughs> so let's loop in this conversation about the Force as well because it could go hand in hand with mm-hmm. Ray. And I'm wondering what you guys are thinking in terms of how – powerful the force should be and specifically how we're going to explore it do you think that we're going to see the limitations of the force in a new way because hey spoiler for last jedi we saw the physical limitations that luke experienced Mm -hmm. by trying to project himself and clearly he wasn't able to quite handle it so are we going to see the limits tested in a similar way this time around
4: i think we'll see if the force is stronger and people can pull more into it, remember you have people who can channel both the light and the dark side of it, so when you learn how to use both together that 's when we 'll see like the limitations what that can do to somebody because if you are able to use both sides of the force, harness it and direct it in one way, how powerful is that, and how much will it have an effect on someone is the question
5: yeah I, I think that's that's kind of it, it ties into what the title uh, the last Jedi really meant it, it, I think we 're going to see. I don't know if we're going to see the limitations, but I think we're going to see a new kind of force, a sort of uh, something we've never seen before that that is embodied in Rey, because I feel like the title Rise of Skywalker is really hinting at that era of the Jedi is o- over, and we're going to see something completely different that is somehow embodied in, 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 in Rey, and I think that ties into the fact that she isn't connected to anything. It's, it's this new type of Jedi mm-hmm. that might not even be called a Jedi anymore uh, that we're going to be seeing in whatever comes after Rise of Skywalker.
2: I'm definitely opening up myself to the idea of Kylo being redeemed, but as far as testing the limits of the Force go, I think that maybe the wind-up with the Skywalker lineage could be him of all people testing the limits and going too far and succumbing to the power of the Force. This is just a random prediction that I came up (laughs) with right now on the spot, but as far as Rey goes, I feel like she's going to learn by the examples set before her and i I still think that rise of skywalker is going to be you know a movie about finding balance in the forest her coming to the understanding that it isn't just about dark versus light it's about finding a balance between the two and that's where we're going to end up
4: well skywalker will become a title that's what i that's me and a lot of other people believe skywalker itself will be a title a title of type a type of jedi
2: so like skywalker as in a new term instead of jedi or or like
4: like,
3: or a subsection whenever
5: i say the title i keep wanting to say rise of the skywalker which i I feel like should is a much better title but if you named it that it would be a spoiler for exactly what you're saying so i think i think you're right i think i feel like skywalker is going to become a term for this new type of jedi that that emerges in this movie
4: because remember the jet lucas said the jedi order is dead and he's been doing that so what would be a new term for him skywalker
2: just to throw this out there now considering everything we just discussed how do you think that uh that uh palpatine uh, sidious fits into this all both in terms of ray and who she's becoming and also with the limitations and the extent of the power and the force
4: Ooh, i think playing with her head a little bit Trying to let her know you can actually again like he's done like he's manipulated with Kylo and everybody just manipulation throughout it all. I think that's the yeah, best. I've, way.
5: I, I feel like we're gonna get a and I, I I trust them to do it, but I feel like we're gonna get a sort of he was pulling the strings the, the entire time, time. which uh, could be a little uh, forced. Uh, I didn't even make mean to make that <laughs> joke. Uh, it could be a little forced because I feel like there's, that you would see a hint of Emperor Palpatine doing that. If if that was always the plan, this seems like something that they that they just came up with. But I, I do think his role is going to be as a, as the as the puppet master of what's been happening since Force Awakens. So
2: puppet master, as in he has been controlling Snoke all along.
5: It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, as in Snoke is actually a puppet. That, he's, been controlling controlling this whole, he's
4: been controlling the majority of the scenario that's been happening. Yeah, yeah. Pulling the strings on all of that, like literally. I Snoke, I find Snoke kinda... was a puppet that had strings <laughs> He that was a, a marionette, literally, just sitting there.
2: I I would kind of believe that happening. It it made me a little sad the other week to realize that uh, when we were discussing Kevin Feige coming in to develop his own Star Wars movie, I'm like, who from the MCU could we pull and put into Star Wars? And I said Andy Serkis. Mm. I mean... He's already I mean he's
5: already he's not I I still not think Andy
2: Circus looks I still looks think like. Andy Serkis in the flesh <laughs> okay, you is a, pheno- physical, a phenomenal yes, but it, uh, it just it like made me a teeny bit sad or, that for a hot <laughs> second I completely like did not associate yeah. him with Snoke. No,
4: it's it's like, wow, like he was in that movie <laughs> for like a hot hot second until he got just sliced in half unceremoniously just sitting down yeah, I think it's sliced in half ceremoniously though. I feel Is like there's a, a way, like <laughs> when the actual battle, <laughs> like I make a big thing of it. Yeah, like, you make a thing and a battle and everything happens. And there's music in the back. There's an overture, overture and everything. And just din and oh, like Darth yeah. Maul. He got chopped in half. He got chopped in ceremoniously. Chopped ceremoniously. I, I rescind my question. I, See, I, I, <laughs> ceremoniously.
2: Going back to uh, to uh, Palpatine, Sidious, whatever, uh, his uh, puppetry, puppet mastery here. I'm just trying to. I'm figuring out a way of how to have the balance be reflected through Rey and Kylo, but also have him kind of be pulling the strings in the background and kind of what, the, what that would mean for the two of them in their journey. Well, I, I still feel like the balance is going to come down to the two of them overall, and I'm curious like, like whose buttons is he going to push? Who is he going to push closer to the dark side? Is it going to be more his focus on Kylo and you know, pulling him over full force and maybe maybe even filling the void that Snoke left behind for him because i still do feel like uh the first order definitely kylo and maybe even hux to, de- to a degree they need an overarching leader because they, yeah. they feel like an absolute mess so is sidious going to be focused on nudging kylo further in his direction or is he going to turn his sights to rey who maybe has you know more power than we could ever imagine and is he going to try to manipulate her he may do
4: both if he-
5: I, I I feel like the tragedy of Kylo Ren has always been like he's like the passed over boy like like uh, he he's really wants to impress his his whoever his master is at the time but there's always someone more powerful than him I feel like the tragedy of the last movie was that he's trying <laughs> poor Kylo is really trying his best and then and then Snoke is like wow she's way more powerful than you bring her bring her to me I, I feel like his arc has always been that he's not as powerful as he wants to be. And I feel like that's gonna play in to his adversarial relationship with Ray, even if he is being redeemed at the same time, because it's not gonna be able to process with him that there's there's someone more powerful in the force than him still so alive.
2: You still think he can be redeemed. Oh yeah.
5: Okay. I, I'm like pretty team team redeem. And I, okay. I, 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 I feel like that's that's the road we're going down. I'm I don't know if it's going to be a romantic angle. I wouldn't mind seeing, seeing them kiss. I wouldn't hate it. Huh. I'm, I, I, I know there's a lot of uh, much more. I don't know more, how I
2: feel about that. I
5: know there's a lot more uh, graphic <laughs> theories out there on the internet, but I'm like, I, I feel Oh, I, really? I, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: I'm not but, Googling that later.
5: Uh, don't. But uh, you oh, yeah, sh- Reylo is a thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a thing.
5: It's a thing. And just us mentioning it, we have attracted them to, the, to, this, video, <laughs> to this video. But I, I, I think they're going to, they're, they're going to tease it they're going to they're, they're going to use that uh desire that a lot of people have seeing that to play with their relationship i think they already kind of did when when he just you know popped up shirtless in the forest in, which in the world everybody world. was like i know and, well that's, that's the thing at first people were like why is he shirtless but then it's been what two years since that movie came out and then then people have sort of come around to the idea that like you know that 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 might be the road we're going down, and I think they're going to play with that idea to build the relationship between... What well,
4: Penny is saying, we finally going to see Star Wars sex. we yeah, finally. finally going to see Play Star maybe, Wars Maybe sex. that's I, just I know, like Kylo in
2: chill mode. Maybe he just likes to hang out shirtless. Uh, God, uh,
4: shirtless in and space. just sweaty and glistening I, just to you know picture cold, Do you know how cold it is in the vacuum space? You don't just hang out shirtless. Yeah, not, it's a fair point. You, you don't think his ship got heaters? Like, y'all just think it's just cold <laughs> on the ship? Like, how ex- are we <laughs>
2: talking about the mechanics of his ship right now?
4: he <laughs> got a cutbacks. So that's a gigantic starship.
2: I feel like most of my Star Wars theories at this point are all reverse engineering from me deciding whether or not I think Kylo is going to be redeemed.
5: Yeah, I I, I think, and I, I don't I don't think it's a guarantee that he's going to survive. But I do think the road they've been heading down is that he will be redeemed. And I, it, it's tough because,
2: like in a similar way that Anakin's redeemed. Yeah,
5: and it's, it, and I think a lot of it is. Adam Driver I mean he's just I, it's one of those situations where it's kind of like the, the Steve and Stranger Things situation where he came in as this horrible character and then the actor was just so personable and likable that they sort of wrote him to be redeemed I feel like Adam Driver put in such a layered tortured performance that people even if it wasn't, the case, if it wasn't, wasn't what they wanted people were like I feel bad for that guy Like, even as he was committing all these horrible space crimes people were like but he's a tragic character
2: the way you put it, it almost makes me really excited for the potential acting challenge that could come with redeeming a character yeah. that killed his father.
5: Yeah, and I feel like that—that is—that was the, not surprising, but that was one of the most rewarding things about this new trilogy is that the cast that they brought brought in has really elevated even the weaker parts of the new trilogy. And I feel like one of the no matter what happens with this new trilogy, we have these this, this new cast and these new characters that are equally as, as, as will become as iconic as the original cast.
2: I would hope that's the legacy they lead. If
5: the Earth is still here in thirty years.
2: Oh, oh yeah, that too. We got to consider that as well. <laughs> oh, we're
5: we're, we're, we're hitting all angles today. We are hitting every angle today. And that is, maybe, maybe the world won't be around. Maybe, maybe we won't be here to enjoy Adam Driver's performance.
2: Well, we're here right now. We're going to celebrate as many movies we can in the moment Wall and right now. We can. Now, <laughs> well, Vinny, we still can. We're going to move on right now to that uh, Richard Jewell trailer here. So. Simply put, you guys watched the trailer. Yes. What did you think of it?
4: Well, Sam Rockwell gets thrown in another potential Oscar contender. Potential. But mm-hmm. I hate that we say that off trailers. I will admit that. Like, let's see the film. Everybody looks at the trailer and goes, this is an Oscar contender.
2: Well, it's not just the trailer on this one. It is an awards package. I mean, this, yeah, this yeah. movie was assembled with, for, you know, the Oscar potential yeah. written all over it. I
4: mean, yeah, and then there's another Clint Eastwood movie. But like you and I talked about before we went on air, people were like, the meal was going to do stuff and then it didn't. But I think again you have Sam Rockwell, John Hamm, Clint Eastwood directing, Paul, how- you know, mm-hmm. Howard Walker. All these people together and you're like, "Yeah, let's see. But this is a crowded field this year, but I think the story in itself is good to tell the story of how dude got lambasted by the F- F- FBI and the media. Like, we need to tell that story. It it is a
5: it is a really dynamic story. I just I and none of this is portrayed in the trailer. Of course, the trailer is good because all all, all, all trail, If you made a trailer and the movie still looks bad, then the movie is bad. But I, I feel like I don't know if Clint Eastwood has the touch needed to really tell a story like this. I feel like Clint Eastwood is a is a not a very subtle filmmaker in his in his opinion and his themes. And I feel like this is the, to, to take on the idea of the twenty four hour news cycle especially looking at it in a 2019 lens. I don't know if Clint, I don't know if Clint Eastwood is the person is the you person should want to do. And it's insane because the prior package of this movie is such a ridiculously different lineup. It was, it was Jonah Hill playing uh, Richard Jewell. Mm-hmm. It was Leonardo DiCaprio God, playing Sam Rockwell. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. And then it was Ezra Edelman who directed O.J. Made in America directing, which I, don't, I would love to see the meeting where they're like, okay, we had the director of O.J. Made in America – He's out. So I guess we'll go with Clint Eastwood. I, I, I feel like that changes the film so much that I'm, I am curious to see how Clint Eastwood handles
4: it. But I mm-hmm. don't know if
5: Clint Eastwood is the one. And we always talk on.
4: about directors' visions and how they see how the project should go. And just like Vinny said, we're talking about a movie about the media being the way it is. And Clint Eastwood being as vocal as he's been with this past presidency, this current presidency through the past year, shall I say, it's going to reflect in that heavily. So it's like, will the message be misconstrued or will it be, you know, delivered in a way it should be so everyone can understand it?
2: Based on this trailer alone, I have high hopes. And we were talking a little bit uh, before we even started. I just want to see Paul Walter Hauser get the credit he deserves. Because ever since I, Tanya, I've been rooting for him. Even for that, I thought he deserved a supporting nomination. I thought his performance in that was so, so good. And I just had a lot of fun with him popping up on Cobra Kai lately. I think he's Ah. capable of so much. So I want to see him run away with this movie. But... The trailer, I think, is extremely effective, gives me really high hopes. But I I do have some reservations as far as Clint Eastwood directing this movie. And the thing that weighs heavily on my mind right now, because it's one of his most recent releases, is how strongly I felt about 1517 to Paris, which I thought was like a pretty epic blunder. So I know he can make a great movie, but I also know he could have a huge miss. I also
5: feel like the... The 1517 of Paris is a very similar setup. It's a movie that's completely about this one event and how it affected... How it ballooned out to become something bigger than that. I feel like this is pretty much the same setup, but also with the uh, the added layer of dealing with the entire mess with the media. And that's just pouring on another layer of things that... Like you said, I, I, Clint Eastwood is, and and you know not to not to like. Def- I don't want to be like Clint Eastwood's going to be mean to the media. I I, I don't. I, that's not my problem with the movie. I, I just feel like Clint Eastwood doesn't have the subtle touch that such a multi layered story requires.
4: Well, also the, another problem with fifteen seventeen in Paris, he used the actual people involved who aren't actors, and like you're trying to that get didn't them, help. That doesn't <laughs> help the film. I get what you want to do. You want to add that sense of realism because of what this was, because of what this is based upon. But you can't use people who, like, you put them in front of a camera... And it's like, all right, I need you to be this way. I need you to give this emotion. I need you to do this and do that. That In
2: the end, I don't think that helped, but I also don't think that was the movie's biggest problem by any means.
5: (laughs) We obviously learned his lesson because the cast of Richard Jewell is is fantastic. You got not only the two we've been mentioning, it's Kathy Bates, uh, John Hamm. Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde, yeah, it's it's a great cast. And and like you said, I, I really hope that this... Is some sort of launching pad for uh, Paul Walter Hauser because he's been putting in such great supporting work for consistently yeah. in the past yeah. years that my my I'm happy this movie exists because it gives him a leading role.
2: So, given our next topic, we have to at least consider awards potential here right now. So, do you think that this is going to come out? I believe at the uh, in the beginning of December. And could it wind up changing the awards race at all? Or do you think it's going to wind up being, you know, kind of like last year's The Mule, where it came out, and I know a lot of people out there really liked it, but it didn't crack any awards conversations whatsoever. When
4: did The Mule come out last year? The Mule
2: came out at the beginning of December. I think it had It might have had the same release date, for all I know.
5: I feel like The Mule was, like, such a Clint Eastwood vehicle. It was, like, starring Clint Eastwood, directed by Clint Eastwood. And if, if one thing didn't work nothing was going to get nominated. I feel like this has more of a chance because, I don't know, if you watch that trailer, you, if you don't put Clint Eastwood's name on it, you, 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 that doesn't factor into it. And you kind of like, wow, this looks, these performances look great. This, this story looks great. I think that this is much more of an Oscars hopeful than The Mule was because The Mule was like, if, if you don't
4: want to see Clint Eastwood, you're not going to want to yeah, see Yeah, you him don't here. have to see him on screen in this. Yeah, exactly. Unless he just decides to interject himself in a small way somehow. (laughs) Right. You might, but as a main focus, you don't have to see him in this one.
2: I'm going to express the same reservations I did earlier. I am keeping my fingers crossed that this does wind up being a big player, Mm -hmm. but... You, you never know what could happen <laughs> until this it, thing starts a, to screen. I can't make any assumptions. It's a, busy year. It's a crowded it, field. It and really I, is. I think,
5: I, think, I think we're looking at a lot of snubs come Oscar time. I, I, I think this is a very crowded year. And uh, I, I th- I think snubs, we'd be like.
2: It's crowded, but it's also because there's no clear frontrunner. Yeah. There's no movie dominating the conversation right now. And even, I think that in itself leads to more snubs. Not
4: even just the films, you know, the, the actors and the portrayals in these different movies. You hear some portrayals. Okay, Joaquin Phoenix right now has been that, but that's coming out of TIFF in Venice. Mm. You know, that's hearing that like, oh, this is for sure. He's a for sure front runner for best actor, best actor. But you don't hear too many other ones. But I think that's the thing. We're trying to look at the movie as a whole instead of portrayals.
2: Well, we're going to see on that one. Just for the record... The Mule came out on December 14th of 2018, and the release uh, date on Richard Jewel, Jewel is uh, December 13th, 2019.
4: So going make all the difference. It, that, yeah, that one day. 24 hours, baby.
2: I consider 13 a lucky number, so you never know. Had had I'm just going to get superstitious with this now. And I'm also going to remind you that we're taking your live chat questions at the end of today's show, and we're going to roll into some promos right now because you guys have quite the lineup. We've got Riley Roundtable and Jedi Council coming up later. So check out these promos.
5: Hey guys, it's Riley here. Let me tell you about the Riley
0: Roundtable. You know it, right? It drops every Thursday on Collider Conversations, and I have guests from all across the space. John Roca, Gray Drake, Alexander Desplat came on at one point. We talk everything from movies. We talk about life and everything in between. What do you want to hear? What do you want to talk about? It's the Riley Roundtable every Thursday on Collider Conversations.
1: You get it there. Well, hello there. I'm Ken Napsuck. One of the hosts of Collider Jedi Council. And I'd like to invite you to listen to our show. Watch our show. It's on every Thursday. It's on the Collider video channel. and It's also available in podcast form if you'd like to listen to our sweet voices. On Collider Jedi Council, me, Christian Harloff, and a bevy of guests, I say, talk Star Wars. We celebrate Star Wars. We dig into the Star Wars news. We speculate. Everything about Star Wars including your questions. So join us on Collider Jedi Council. You're going to have a great time.
2: All right, time for the third panel discussion. We're sticking with the awards race this year because, as we explained earlier, the website for Disney's campaigns has Avengers Endgame up there. They got a whole bunch of things listed. I don't think we have that image, but, like, I mean one category after the next is up there, and Mm. then there's one glaring omission, and it's Robert Downey Jr. for Best Actor. You guys see that list. His name not on it. Does it surprise you? No.
4: No. And I'll tell you why, because it's potentially so crowded with Best Actor nominees, because they know that they have a better chance of throwing everything else out there, especially with the, the technical awards. I understand how heartfelt we were when Tony Stark died. But to put it as saying, is it going to be a Best Actor nomination for the Oscars is difficult
2: running with that argument so you think they have a better chance getting a nomination in best director versus best
4: actor so why
2: why choose one over the other then
4: if, i think that was one of those flipping the coins
2: i don't know if that's I, how they decide that
5: I, it, it's tough because like you said the end game end game is so hard to talk about in comparison to other movies because like it didn't even feel like a movie. It, it, it had 20, 22 movies right, it it built up of ten. Like, it, like, it, it, if, like, when I, it's so funny. Whenever I think of like my favorite movies of the year, I, I never think of Endgame because it doesn't feel like a normal movie. So I feel like, it, I don't know if the performance was actually Oscar worthy or if it was that Endgame hype that came with it being an event that ended a ten-year saga. I, I, I'd have to really go back and look at it but to me like you said the the field is so crowded that even if it, even if he was nominated I don't know if it would be
4: deserved and I don't know if it's even worth mounting a campaign what about supporting actor for I,
2: for Robert, Robert Downey Jr?
4: Cuz it's like I, I get where we see like yeah the focus is on him sacrificing his life but in this gigantic ensemble cast where the main focus is essentially him Chris Evans Chris Hemsworth, uh yeah, those three pretty much. It would be such a
5: it would be such an obvious play. like it would be like Disney steamrolling into the supporting actor race and just also- being like, BAM, here's Robert Downey Jr. who's clearly a lead actor, but you
2: want him to win I feel like the the supporting category might even like dilute the great narrative he would have had behind him which okay, is it's fair. not just his performance in this movie and I know you know maybe when it comes to an award for a single performance it should be like how is it in this movie yeah but
5: that's that's ideal but...
2: again I say this every Oscar season we're all human beings and we consider everything mm-hmm. in play and the truth of the matter is he was the start of this epic franchise yes and that's true. I have watched this movie too many times at this. Point and I watched it a couple of times specifically with the eye of is this a great performance deserving of a best actor nomination? And I am of the mind that he does deserve it. I was very surprised to see his name left off the list, especially when I believe it's the Russos who are quoted as supporting him in yeah. this Oscar race.
4: The first what, the first five minutes after the opening scene where they come go for Thanos, that him on the ship with Nebula alone to say is Oscar worthy. And yes, I know it sounds like I'm a backtrack, but again, we're looking at a crowded field this year potentially.
2: Just to give uh, people a picture of that field, some names that have been tossed around at this point include Adam Driver, Joaquin Phoenix, Robert Downey Jr, Eddie Murphy, Matt Damon and Christian Bale among others, thanks to Adam Chitwood for that list.
4: Appreciate that. So, it's only going to be 5. Somebody has to get somebody has to miss it. And they say Eddie Murphy for sure will get it for Dolomite is my name. Joaquin Phoenix more than likely will get it for um, Joker. Mm-hmm. Bale may get it for Ford versus Ferrari. Taron Egerton. Taryn Egerton for er- for Rocket Man. So you listen to what all the different ones. It, even if you put him in there, it's like if he gets it, if Robert Downey Jr. gets that nomination, and one of those other performances does not, then you have to look at it from those ways. I'm curious. I'm curious
5: what what you think the odds are that he might get the nomination. Anyway, he might. I mean, I'm curious how. And it's funny because it's, it's sort of like marketing Endgame. It's like, did it really even need trailers? You knew about Endgame. I wonder if that's that's a similar idea for the Oscars race. Does does. Does Endgame really need the push? It's so much bigger than everything else. So
2: yes, Endgame would have sold tickets with or without a marketing campaign, but still, with a powerful marketing campaign, you go from making this much money to maybe this much money, and I think it's the same kind of conversation when it comes to Academy Award nominations. There's a reason they spend a crazy amount of money to promote Mm -hmm. all this, and It's because there's so, I mean, we just said it, there are so many things in contention this year. And even when you do have the highest grossing movie of all time, I feel like it still needs that extra push to keep reminding people. It's like if Disney moves forward and keeps reminding people that Avengers Endgame is in contention for best picture, for best picture nomination, that's going to be on the forefront of viewers, of voters' minds. If all of a sudden Robert Downey Jr.'s name is left out of that conversation, it's going to be very easy i think regardless of how big end game is for him to slip in maybe the uh, i mean maybe there's always a chance he could still be in contention for that fifth slot because right now looking at this list i would probably bet on adam driver joaquin phoenix robert de niro and eddie murphy and i think that fifth spot is still a toss-up but then it comes down to is someone with a big studio pushing them for that number five spot gonna get it over mm-hmm. someone
4: okay, whose that, name isn't fair. repeated
2: over and
5: over. Now, that'll
4: be fair. The studio push part is, will be what gives them the fifth.
5: I'm, I, I really just can't get over the fact that they're pushing for director because
4: that I, that to me is, is... That's Disney saying, we appreciate you guys come back. That is all that is in pushing... But why wouldn't they say that to Robert Downey Jr.? Exactly.
2: That's that's thought. If you like going to give
5: them an achievement award, why would you give it to the Russo? Like, to, to, to nominate... Avengers Endgame for Best Director, you have to like, like every second unit director would also have to get up there because they directed a good part of the movie. To to say that, to to say that you're going to, you're going to push for the Russos to win Best Director for Endgame is, uh, that's, uh, and not Robert Downey Jr. in that here's, here's thank you for your service kind of way is a very, very
2: bold. I'm not opposed to them pushing for the Russos for director. I think that that's a reasonable play there, but I I don't think it makes any sense to push for them and not Robert Downey Jr. But one thing Adam does throw out in his article lightly is that maybe they had hesitation because it's a big ensemble and they don't want to make anyone feel bad when they're in the business of working with these big stars over and over again. But I still feel like everybody would rally behind Robert Downey Jr. And... That would so. Let's say Robert Downey Jr.'s name was really on this list. I think that even the most minimal push from a studio like Disney would be good enough because could you imagine the MCU stars that would rally behind him? Like that in itself would generate yeah. so much yeah. I do buzz. I think
5: that if his name had popped up on that list today, he would immediately be a, a contender because I, not not just for the performance. If his name was on that list, it would start a. One hell of a thing for where people were supporting him to win because it it would be it'd be such a diff, it would be such a crazy win and I, I and it would be like a it would be like an event in itself if Robert Downey Jr. won for his last portrayal of Tony Stark.
2: To be fair, if he did, let's say he hypothetically gets a nomination, I think he's got zero chance of winning. Oh
4: yeah, that's very. That so is, that's, and I was gonna say, let's just say for instance, Disney's like, let's see what happens, and the nominations come and they just throw Downey Jr.'s name in there still. You're like, whoa, okay. So Disney didn't have to push it. Granted, Disney owns the wars. but they didn't have to push it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we forget that one little part. What channel they, is the Oscars on this year? I think it's ABC. ABC. That's oh. owned by Disney. Interesting. But <laughs> I think it's just a. So what? You know, what happens if he just happens to get? It? They're like, you know what? This portrayal over this culmination over ten years came to everything. Here you go. <laughs> I
5: uh, crazier things have happened. This is true. Crazy, crazier things have happened. I mean, the Oscars are really weird and they've they've been getting weirder. I, I just I there's not a zero percent chance that Robert Downey Jr. wins best actor for Avengers Endgame. I do think it's interesting that they chose not to even try and push because mm-hmm. and that they did push the Russos. That to me is something I really would like to hear more about. And I feel like it just came out today. We got a long road to the Oscars. And I do do think we have not heard the last. I don't think everybody's just going to chill out about this not being pushed.
2: I will make the bet that in the next couple of days, a statement is released and he is added to the website.
4: Which would, I love uh, you, 3000 campaign for the Oscars. That would, well, actually, yeah. that would, that
2: would be like this so... ties into something that we just brought up on the call sheet. Look at the power that Tom, Tom Holland had yep. in terms of bringing Sony and Disney back to the table. And he brought fan support to them. And I mean, if he's got that big of a voice, maybe... Maybe the higher ups are really listen- listening Although to the I, fan I just, base. I can't,
5: I can't, I don't know how I would see that as a positive of them being like, sorry that we didn't think you could win this, but people got mad. So, hey, now we're going to push So, like now it. here's a consolation. Yeah. Sorry, Rob, sorry, like, sorry, it's Bob. A Maybe, win maybe it
2: was thing. just like another poster oops. Like, who like, did, the, oh, did they leave? Did what, we what, not it was Denai Guerrero. Didn't they leave her off the one yeah, of the posters? They poster? left the
4: Avengers poster, and everybody was like, uh, how are you going to leave? And it was like, hey, listen, somebody didn't check over this. Yeah. But this is So maybe they'll just
5: come
2: out and say, oops.
4: <laughs> did, we, did
5: we not have your name on there? Oh, we're so sorry. Yeah, it was supposed to be on there the whole time. Like, All I just- right.
2: Let's, let's play some bets right now. One, do you think they're going to turn this around and they're going to end up adding him to the list? And then two, if you were to place your bet right now, is he getting a Best Actor nomination? I'm not talking win, just a nomination. Yes and yes. Okay. No and no. I'm going to go with... Yes. And no. Very fair. And that's, that's me betting. That's well, not me picking what I want. I'm, to betting low.
4: I'm betting low for sure. I'm not betting high at all. I'm be- here's a 50 cent bet that he uh, gets added to the list to put campaign forward. Yeah, and yeah. is he getting a nomination? Here's a quarter. I, I, that's how much I'm betting. Yeah. I,
5: and you really, you can't underestimate the amount of power Disney has. Like if they, if they want to come out and be like, uh, just kidding, here's this massive awesome campaign for Robert Downey Jr. It's, it's gonna happen. You're gonna see a billboard on Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard tomorrow, and Bay down Boulevard. all
4: seven of them down Sunset Boulevard. Oh
2: wow! I forgot we're in that point of this season when you're and driving uh, down the season. It's street. gonna be it's everywhere. Hopefully, yeah. I got to keep my Bus eyes on the stops road. It's not like, okay.
4: Okay, we get it. For your consideration.
2: All right. We had to save time for your live chat questions because I got a couple in the mix here. There's one actually specifically name dropping you guys. I don't know why, but let's find out. Uh-oh. Rick Samores is saying, Perry, yesterday you guys talked, <laughs> you talked blank check. So please ask Jay and Vinny, what is their favorite 90s Disney movie? Mine is House Arrest. That is the first Jennifer Love first teen movie. Um, what? so yes, I don't know. <laughs> Yesterday we talked about, uh, the Home Alone reboot and somehow mm-hmm. Blank Check. It. Have you ever seen Blank Check?
4: I have not. I remember blank that. Check. When they gave I'm surprised the... you haven't seen I apologize. Seen
5: it. I, I, I apologize to <laughs> the person who asked this question. I, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen Blank Check.
2: Do you have any, uh, favorite 90s Disney movies?
5: 90s Disney movies? <laughs>
2: uh... I'm trying to think of what would go in the blank check category for me. Yeah, I mean, like, I automatically put it in. I, Mighty Ducks is on my mind because I believe Mighty Ducks is celebrating an anniversary that makes me feel real old. That's
5: fair. When, when did Mighty Ducks come out?
2: I think it's something like, I think the number was 27 years ago. Oh, no. that's not do that. Oh, Jesus.
5: Oh. That Mighty hurts. Ducks. I'm, t- I'm 27. 92. I'm I'm 27 92. years old. Okay. I am one Mighty Duck old. That's insane to me. I don't like that. But I'm gonna. Oh, like, <laughs> well, black, but like, am, hey,
2: hey, you've turned like dog ears into, yeah, into right. mighty I duck ears. One
5: mighty duck ears. Hey, right?
4: black don't crack, so I'm, I'm good with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
5: we'll never be. will never be able to tell how many
4: mighty ducks you are. Damn yeah, right at, at any point, water and good jeans and cocoa butter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go another 19. It's not. I'm, it's hard to pick. It's between two of them. Honey, I blew up the kid because I laughed so hard oh. with that. I loved it. Don't, I'm cheesy sometimes. And a Goofy movie. If you oh, tell me you ain't really love a, a Goofy answer. movie, I hate your whole humanity. That's such your a Your soul answer. is just terrible. It's corrupted. A Goofy movie was great. We got Powerline. Do you see Powerline t-shirts everywhere? Again, that is how iconic it is. A Goofy movie. <laughs> yeah, that's my answer, too,
5: and it always has been. It was the whole time. It was, it's, always been, it's always been a Goofy movie. That's that's my blank check whatever that is
2: all right I like do I dare go from blank check to bread yes. Dorian Dorian is oh, labeled Jesus. Dorian has labeled this with like a bajillion arrows and must answer and I haven't indulged him with a bread question in a while bring so on,
5: pray bring on the bread question Jonathan
2: Caro says you know what I hate to go this route let's have fun invent a horror film with bread in the title or retire oh I know why this is happening or retitle a horror film with bread in the title so on Twitter yesterday Dorian put the call out for a halloween twitter handle name and i think it was dorina who went through like a whole bunch of bread titles and one was one was the nightmare on bread street and i was a big fan of that yeah, like so night, put put bread in a horror movie title of the
5: living bread uh, evil bread
2: evil bread was out there evil i did bread see too. that
5: evil friday bread the Breadteenth. <laughs> <laughs> bread teeth uh
2: paranormal bread
4: eraser bread i i think uh, dorina
2: also said the bread witch project which i thought uh, very funny. okay i'll rock bread. with that
4: um, uh, sleepaway bread Remember sleep sleepaway yeah. camp. Sleepaway bread.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, okay. I'm yeah. trying to think of recent titles. Recent titles.
5: Um,
4: bread
2: cemetery.
5: Uh, Mid bread. Bread summer. uh hereditary I was trying to think about bread.
4: I'm fine with that. Truth right. of bread. <laughs>
2: Let's grab one. Happy one. bread
4: day to you. Happy bread day. To you. Oh, oh you, happy bread,
2: bread, bread day bread. to you. I like that. Okay. I think that's my favorite one. Happy, happy bread, bread day. day. Yeah, that's just you're, you're that welcome, can, Dorian. That could also suit any genre.
4: Right, happy bread day, and it's a movie. Happy death day. Bread room. Joker with bread. Bread. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, killer bread from outer space. Joker featuring
4: <gasps> yes. bread. What was that? Killer bread from outer yes. space. Oh, that's
5: a good
2: one. That is a good one. Okay.
4: I can do this all day.
2: Someone, someone needs to design bread the to art the for batch. that. Uh,
4: bread to the new batch. <laughs> Rye hard. Y- I can do these Come all
1: on. These I think Cody's is entertained.
2: Day, Cody. so is is someone right? writing these down? I know these Rye are very hard is not a horror movie, but... <laughs> How much more no, you time? You like, I'm afraid to move on because you look like you got another one and I want to
4: know what it is. <laughs> the rise of the, the rise of Bread Bri- Walker. Rye Walker.
2: Rye Walker.
4: Bread's on a plane. <laughs>
1: oh,
2: <man>. <laughs> 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 all right, I have to cut you off there. We got to get one more question in here. Let's is go with... Uh, because... <laughs> another one? Do I dare? Oh no. (laughs) Okay. I'm not. This question comes from stash one, 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 five ones there. The only way I feel for Downey to get the story full circle from the early super dark days of his career is to win the Academy Award. Oh, this is a, this is a comment regarding uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, chances of actually getting something. I mean, because when you think about it too, it's, it goes back to a comment we brought up before. Sometimes, The story behind an Oscar nomination isn't necessarily just what this person did in this one single movie. It's a career honor type thing. So that could come into play. We've also got a question from Steve Calderon, who I can always count on for box office related questions. How much money do you think Joker will make tonight? Last year, Venom made $10 million on Thursday previews. Can Joker go higher or lower to that number? Ooh, that's a good question. I haven't thought much about the Thursday number, but I do have my overall weekend we locked same, in. Are we still
4: on the same thing still?
2: I don't know. Where are you at? I now? think I went. I might have gone a little higher okay. since our last conversation. Okay. So I have officially topped out at $105 million. I think it's going to top Justice League and it's going to top Wonder Woman.
4: I'm at one hundred and twenty.
2: Oh, that's that's higher. a big number.
4: Because I, t- I was already at 100 million. Yeah, Remember, I was already at 100. Yeah. I'm going 120. I think it'll do 15 tonight. Okay. I, I think a lot of people are running to go see this tonight. Yeah, I I could see it beating Venom, even even with the R rating. I
5: I I don't know if 120 million. I don't know if I'm willing to go that high, but I do think it's going to hit 100 million this weekend. As for tonight, yeah, I I could see I could definitely see it hitting 15 possibly even 20 million I, I don't know i i just feel like among the hullabaloo that this movie has has hullabaloo among the there is no other word <laughs> there's no other word to describe what the joker has wrought upon this, this is true society but i uh i feel like among all that is lost the fact that there is a huge audience for this movie and it is going to make
4: a lot of money. No yeah. matter how people feel about it, good or some people are going to hate watch this. We got to remember that people are paying to go yeah. hate watch. It. Even
5: the negativity is sending people, to the, sending people yeah. to the theaters. it has this idea that this is this is a dangerous movie, and if you want to talk about movies, you're going to need to have an opinion on the Joker. Right? You I, can't I, just go
4: off of I saw I saw the trailer and I heard yeah. this. I need to see it. So, woo.
2: I definitely think this is a case where good buzz and bad buzz are going to combine for yeah. like an epic box office. T- Total. Mm-hmm. I think it is going to crush Venom's record, and you know, bringing in another movie. I was trying to look up what the uh, what the highest Thursday totals were, but I couldn't find it quick enough. But you know, we also have to consider how much Logan made opening weekend, yeah. which was eighty-eight million, and I still think it's coming in above, well above that. Somebody yeah. just
4: said in the chat the showings for Joker are starting as early as four p.m. Eastern okay. Standard Time. Mm. This is this is going to be a big. It'll night. definitely crack.
5: It. It's going to make a lot of money, and. uh I'm I'm really, I'm I'm very intrigued to see how the conversation changes when so many people see the movie. I don't know if it's going to change for the better, for the worse. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be messy. It's going to be a hullabaloo.
2: But no, what, but no matter
5: what happens it, it's that nice feels tonight.
2: like a very like like sunny word to describe yeah, this conversation
5: we're Which are having uh, a whole joker hullabaloo. you know what
2: let's turn it into a hullabaloo is that i, I, I should look up some, been, i, like I like should actually look up like the official time. definition I'm... and make sure there's no negativity in that yeah, but it's like whether you I, like, I really like it or whether you don't let's extremely offensive let's all just keep the conversation you know super respectful that's it let's rebrand all right that's the thing which what's the face Collider You're right?
5: Movie Hullabaloo? Collider yeah. Movie Hullabaloo. Okay. I'm, 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 <laughs> we, just, we, just, we just came up with bread titles for like 20 minutes. This you told me, me that's true. not the definition of a hullabaloo.
2: I'm fine with that. We should go uh, change that on like Wikipedia or Webster Dictionary All or something. All of the branding that yes. Collider has. All right, guys. That is it for, for bread talk, hullabaloo talk, whatever. <laughs> I'm surprised I can just say that word like that and not trip over it. Vinny, thank you for putting that in my head. Jay, a pleasure as always. Cody in the booth, thank you for your help today. Dorian in the live chat as well. That is it for Collider Movie Talk today. I've got to let you know, though, you need to tune in for Collider Live at 10 a.m. because it's going to be a cool show where they're debuting a clip from a very special video we made. So if you want to find out what that is, go on over to their channel right after you finish Movie Talk. But do not leave without liking and sharing this episode. And we'll be back tomorrow for a Friday edition of Collider Hullabaloo Talk. Goodbye.
1: Napa Know How. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply.